It's unusually warm for November 2nd. The feeling of game day is alive and well, even if it is a Thursday night. This home football game against TCU will be a memorable one for this special family who's about to get the experience of a lifetime. The clock on the scoreboard reads 10 minutes till kickoff. We're gathering at the top of the home tunnel. Almost everyone is in matching red and black jerseys with various two-digit numbers, their graduation years. Across the back, one last name, Winchie. Have y'all been on the field before? I got my little one in a 42. We're projecting. We have all You're so good. Then we can pull me back. 42? 42 would be her theoretical year that she would graduate. Taylor Carter is manifesting another Red Raider to add to the family tradition. Her young daughter Ellis's red hair shines in the sunlight as she sits on her dad's shoulders, flowered sunglasses and all. Just after kickoff, we slowly make our way down to the field, together, all 58 of us. If you come from a big family, you can relate. Tonight feels and sounds kind of like every family reunion you've ever been to. Good to see you. Hey, good to see you. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Remind me of your name. Amber. Amber. You changed your hair. Well, yeah, I haven't seen you in 40 years. Yeah. Is this your nephew? Yes. This is my nephew, Graham. Hi, Graham. You're number 110, right? <laughs> You're a freshman? Yes. So we've had 110 family members attend Texas Tech. I didn't know about you, so you make 110. Uh, who are you? I'm Angie Heitmeyer. Oh, you're Angie Heitmeyer. I'm Derek Holden. Okay. We, we haven't met, I don't think, have we? We met a long, long time ago at a reunion. Okay. And we were at Tech the same time. Okay. Yes. I'm uh, Herman's granddaughter. Okay. Okay. Tareen's okay. Tareen's daughter. Okay. 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 And then my brother Nathan, this is his son, and he's coming to Tech now, too. Okay. Well, excellent. So, I know. Excellent. My nephew is a junior in high school. He took a tour today, so hopefully he'll be here in a couple years. Keeping it going. That's right. Those people who want to break our record are going to really hard. <laughs> now, how many is it? Okay, so the, the stats are I mean, 44 turned in paperwork yes. out of 52. 14 spouses turned in paperwork out of 27, and 110 have attended Texas Tech. Okay. Took me eight years to get this. And listen, I had to dig up my diploma. It was in the attic in the last box in the very bottom of the I box. Appreciate I appreciate it. Amber Parker has been behind so much of this effort getting the attention of the Guinness World Record, contacting family members, getting the graduates and attendees confirmed. Almost a decade of work, paying off in ways they never could have expected then. Interviews for podcasts and magazines, local TV stations. Did he ask you any questions that you didn't know? Uh, no, but I said some weird things. What? <laughs> so he asked me what we're here for. Um, and then he asked me, so that means that red and black run deep in the family. I'm like, oh yeah, it's in our veins. Yeah. And then, um, great job. And then he asked me, uh, how long have we known about it? And then, uh, what does it mean to you? And I said, you know, we're happy to rep, like, not only our family, but Texas Tech and Lubbock as a community. Yeah. That's great. 
That's Keely Lang here, talking with our cousin, Caitlin Adams, who just finished an interview with the local station. I know, I was asking like a bunch of my coworkers and like different people, like if they were coming to the tech game and stuff, and they were like, I don't know, like maybe, like whatnot. And I was like, well, you should, because yeah. our family is getting recognized at the game. Just get a ticket. Yeah, Go. yeah. I was like, we have the most family members to graduate from one university. And they're all like, all my patients, like everyone, like that I was telling about it, thought it was so cool. Like, wow, that's like a lot. Yeah, it actually is. Like, it Keely is in her element down here. She's a 2018 graduate and three-year member of All Girl Cheer. So she's walked this field and tumbled across it more times than she can count. But for others, this is the first time their feet have ever touched this turf. People like Norris Winchie. This is the first time. This is this is something very special. Oh, that's cool. Very special. It's just about time. Is it? 20 seconds. As the clock winds down to the end of the first quarter, they're preparing to step onto the field to be recognized. The crowd, the band, the announcer, and one unexpected guest who found his own 15 seconds of fame at the exact same time as the Winchies. After all, the stadium is known for its live mascot. For this bonus episode, we're doing something different. You're about to hear two conversations. One is between Allison and me with Glennis Young, the editor of Texas Tech's magazine, Evermore and another that features members of the Winchie family. Some of them will be familiar, voices that you just heard. We sat together with these family members to document their remarkable story of who they are, where they've been, and how their lives have been formed around the double T. Who can explain to me, everyone in this room is related, who can kind of talk me through how we're all connected here? <laughs> I do the family tree, so I know all the genealogy. So, um, Norris and I and Derek are actually first cousins. And then you've got the three generations here, Norris's daughter, Kim, Taylor, her daughter. And then that made, oh, I'm sorry, and Karen, we're all first cousins. No. No. My I'm sorry. was your first cousin. Yeah. Bobby. So we're safe. So, Karen, uh, Wendy and Kim are on the next level, mm-hmm. and then these three are on the next level. Hey everyone, it's Taylor. As we wrap up season three of Fearless, I am, first of all, just really grateful to all of you that listened to season three. And it's always my hope and Allison's hope that you learned something along the way. So in this season, you will know that we told the Texas Tech story, past, present, and future, and how all of these things kind of come together. And I wanted to share the story. I'm really excited about getting a chance to, to share a story with you that we feel like embodies this season. So about a year ago, Allison, you guys know Allison, um, she was able to come across a story that was sort of presented to our office. And Allison, if you're okay with that, I want to kind of start with you because 
you were the very first one to kind of make contact with this family. So let's let's go back in time and, and tell us about that. Yeah. So I got an email. I remember that it was late in the day on a Tuesday around, I don't know, 430 or so. And it was from a man named Derek Holden. And Derek said that his family was applying for a record in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most family members to graduate from the same university. And that university was Texas Tech. So I called Derek instead of responding to his email, I called him and he explained that they needed to submit a family photo. And so he was reaching out to us for help with the photo but I knew he wasn't gonna be able to just get away with that. So as soon as I got off the phone with him, I got our photographers involved, but I also wanted to get Glennis Young involved. She's the editor of our uh, university magazine, Evermore. Enter Glennis Young, making her big podcast debut. Welcome, Glennis. (laughs) I came to know this family when I started working on the story with them for Evermore. Derek introduced us to his cousin, Amber Wenchy Parker, who had done the bulk of the work to submit the application to Guinness. My first impression of this family was that they're a group of hardworking folks who really love this university. But what I wanted to get out of them with the Evermore article was why, where that love came from and how they had all fed into it. And this story really starts with Francis Winchie, right? And this, of course, is all in the amazing Evermore feature that you wrote. Everything sort of starts with her. Is that right? Pretty much, yeah. So what year was she on campus? She came here in the late 40s or early 50s. I don't remember the exact year off the top of my head. But her cousin, Rayburn who was not a Wenchie, he was on her mother's side, had come here after World War II. It's it's crazy to me to think that there's not much Texas Tech history that exists without this family. I mean, it is it really is remarkable. And so we'll kind of fast forward just a little bit. Allison and I, we sit down and we start talking about what we want season three of Fearless to look like. And even from the very beginning of our storyboarding sessions, we were like, we know that we want this family to be involved. We just don't know how. And so before any other detail was sort of set in stone for season three, we were committed to this family because we felt like this was an opportunity for them to be sort of ambassadors of of season three. And from the very beginning, Allison, you and I, we just, we, we really wanted to find a way to tell their story in a way that was really unique. Yeah. So what we did was um, reached out to Amber, who you mentioned just a minute ago, and we said, we need to get a group of your family members together. Um, Not all of them lived locally, so we had to to arrange some travel. And we got together about 10 or so of them um, in the student union building. It was a Sunday afternoon and it was multi-generational. So we had everyone from um, someone named Dane. He was a junior in high school at the time, um, all the way up to Norris. And he went to Texas Tech in the 60s. We sat together for about an hour and we talked about life, uh, life at Texas Tech. We talked about their family. We talked about this region and how Texas Tech seemed to just weave into every fiber of each of those things. It was a really memorable conversation. Yeah, it was. And 
my when when they walked into the room, it was really unique because, of course, they all know each other, but we don't know them. And so we kind of took a role where we sort of sat back and and Allison, you kind of would prompt them along the way. But it just became this really organic and natural thing that was it was just cool to kind of watch it play out. And and I love this story. And tell me if you I may get the details, so you'll you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. So you mentioned Amber, you know, she flies in for this recording from Dallas. And after we finish doing the recording, she she comes up to us and she's saying, you know, I listened to season two of Fearless and there was one character in particular that was a local beekeeper and she keeps bees. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Family? Yeah. Yeah. She keeps bees, I guess. Yeah. And so she gives us these like little jars of honey. And I just remember thinking that that was so thoughtful. I mean, she's already coming, <laughs> you know, it's already a big job for her to travel all the way here to just, just be a part of it. And I, I just remember thinking like, that is so, it was just so kind. It was so thoughtful and, and really um, how much work she put in just to coordinate um, all of those family members to get here on a Sunday the high school students who are playing sports and everyone with family, mm-hmm. just to get everyone here for this, it shows in some ways their love for Texas Tech, that they're willing to do anything for this institution. Yeah, just so gracious, so grateful, um, yeah, for the opportunity, like you said. And and the honey was good, by the way. It was really good. I yeah. drank it in my coffee. It was delicious. Um, and you had mentioned this just multi-generational story, and we were they sort of took us on this journey through time, it felt like, and it was really nostalgic and it was it was powerful. And, you know, this bonus episode really is a tribute to this Winchie family and how they truly have stood the test of time. Did you live on camp? Did you live on campus? I lived on campus almost the whole time. Wells Hall, they tore it down. I don't think it's there anymore. But um, that's where I'll, I mean, I'm still friends with so many people from, from that dorm, still. Um, I loved it there. Didn't have air conditioning. But <laughs> <laughs> I lived at Nap Hall, and then I lived in Stainland. I was the same way. I lived three, year, three years in the dorm. You meet so many people. So for a big college, uh, it was very helpful. <laughs> I lived in Stangle for one year. When you first got to campus, for some of you, I know this was not yesterday, so bear with me here. When you first got to campus, what do you remember about this place? Like, what stood out to you? Did it seem um, big? Did it seem small? What did it What did it feel like? It was huge. Mm-hmm. It was huge. It was absolutely forever to walk from one place to another place. <laughs> Coming from what was a smaller high school in the area thing and you come here and it was it was just huge it just opened your eyes but it was physically huge beautiful it was neat it felt grown up I guess well it was huge for me also because I was from a 3A school where I had known everybody from kindergarten all the way through and so I got here and at the time I think there was maybe 28 30,000 people on campus and it was just like you said, it was huge physically, but meeting all those people were, it was a fun experience. And I still see some of those people today that I met 20, 30 years ago on campus. So it, it was a great experience. What did that look like? Tell me about technology. There wasn't any. There wasn't. 
We literally, I had a, I had a spiral that would, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes, Tuesday, Thursday. So it would have, I would have a section for each of my classes, and you sit, you take notes, and if you don't go to class that day, you miss out. Which when is why you, we always went to class. When you registered, did you? It wasn't online. Was it, it wasn't online. So we went to the Coliseum. We stand in line at like five in the morning. We did it here at the sub, and we had to get in line, and you'd have to just sit and wait and move up. And there was, we went into the room upstairs, and there were computers all around, and you'd go to the open computer, Mm -hmm. and they'd say, Mm -hmm. okay, you get your English class, your history class, whatever, but, you know, the math class is taken at that time, so then you'd have to go, and they'd have to key it in, and somebody else was keying in all of that information, and then we'd get our schedule. And then we actually physically had to go to the bookstore to pick up the books, unlike today. Yeah, I don't have, I don't have any books. Just, everything's on my laptop. I love Derek and Wendy and Karen as they're talking about registering for their classes. I don't know if it's okay for me to say this, but I'm just going to go ahead and go there. Technology has made it so easy for our current and future students to apply for classes or to register for their classes. And I think about how hard it would have been to have thousands, tens of thousands of students to show up to the same place and get registered for classes. Yeah, register in person. They're talking about the old... Um, Coliseum, which of course we know doesn't exist anymore, but in and of itself holds a lot of history on this campus. Something that stood out to me when everyone was sharing these stories is how much of Texas Tech's history they've all witnessed or they were a part of. And for Glennis, who was telling this story through Evermore, this was a once in a lifetime kind of thing, especially the timing of it. It's the centennial of the university. So Guinness World Record, the centennial, how did you approach that story? Well, for me, there was so much to this story. Obviously, every member of the Wenchie family that we talked to, and that was literally dozens, feels a lot of passion for Texas Tech, and I wanted to get that out of them. But beyond that, the big question on a story like this is, how did this happen? So that's the story I wanted to tell, how this family's legacy started. And that took us back to the very beginning with Derek's mother, Frances Wenchie, and a cousin of hers, Rayburn Hahn. It turned into a great story about these two people and the time they lived in and how they made the most of the opportunities that came their way. Of course, to put their story in the magazine, we really needed a good visual component. And when we sat down and tried to figure that out, we hit some dead ends because there just weren't any existing photos to show most of Frances and Rayburn's story. You know, in the 1940s and 50s, cameras just weren't as ever present as they are now. You didn't carry one in your pocket like you have with your phone. Separately, we didn't want to just show Francis and Rayburn. We wanted to emphasize that while the Wenchie family's Texas Tech legacy started with them, it has now grown to include more than 100 of their family members. And to us, the best way to solve both of those problems was to create a family tree in the magazine We wanted to show some of those additional Wenchies who have attended or graduated from Texas Tech. So something else that we did that didn't make it to the magazine, Glennis, was um, a photo shoot with the Wenchie family members who were part of that Guinness record. 
um, again, demonstrating their commitment to Texas Tech, they got together, I think there were a little over 40 of them who came to the Womble Basketball Center on a Saturday or Sunday so we could line them all up class photo style and take their photo to be submitted to Derek's original request to the to the Guinness Book of World Records. So that was also a really cool memory with this family and showed, um, again, their commitment to Texas Tech, but also how close they are. And it was interesting to see that some of them didn't really know each other. Do you remember that, Glennis? I do. It was... It was funny to me because it reminds me of family reunions that I've been to where you may know your immediate family and your first cousins and things like that. But then you have those extended family members that you don't cross paths with regularly. Uh, You may not live in the same area. You may only see them at family reunions. And so you're meeting new people in that place. Uh, One of my favorite things that I heard on that day was these two students who were starting as freshmen at Tech. They were uh, both girls who were going to be in the same residence hall. But had never met. Had never met. I remember this. They were distant cousins. And I just went, holy cow, this is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Their family's part of this record or soon to be record at the time. And they'd never met, but they were assigned the same residence hall. That was a really cool moment. I remember that, too. Um, So, you know, in the positions that we hold, we're fortunate that we have a lot of great conversations with people from all over the world who have made Texas Tech their home. And something that I gravitated to with this story is how authentic it felt, their love for Texas Tech. And each generation that comes along gets to have their own kind of mark on the family tradition and the Texas Tech tradition, really. And so when we started talking about tradition, as we did early on in this season of Fearless, I wanted them to share with me the parts of Texas Tech that they felt made this place what it is. There are a lot of traditions, we all know that. And so this part was really fun. Yeah, and to your point, Allison, I think it's in episode one where we talk about traditions and we say that a university's traditions are what set it apart and what make it unique. And, you know, you don't have to be a student. In fact, a lot of times you're not a student when, you know, you bring back your families and you continue to come to events on campus. And I I loved, there was a part of that this particular part of this conversation, Taylor tells this story of being a little girl and coming to the Carol of Lights with her mom and now how she, as a mom, is bringing her family to campus. And I love that story. And I think that it represents the development and the growth of a family tradition of really being Red Raiders. Hi, my name is Leslie Cranford. I'm a writer for the Office of Communications and Marketing, and I tell stories about people in our Texas Tech online community. And one of the stories I wrote recently is about our industry certificate program. It's new, and it gives students the chance to earn certificates in certain industries and completely for free. And what I love about this story is that it showcases how Texas Tech is continually looking for more opportunities to make life possible for students, whatever that looks like for them. So read more about this program at ttu.edu slash career certificate. Are there, is there a Texas Tech tradition that you just love? Growing up here, one of my 
probably coolest memories was in 2008 when Tech beat UT, Crabtree was there. So we had been tailgating with some friends, and uh, at halftime we said, all right, well, let's go into the game. It's a good game. So we started to come back, you know, we go in the game, and I remember being in the, the grassy section like we talked about earlier. We were able to get over there, you know, cute little kids were like, please, let's <laughs> over here. And so the security's like, whatever, they're little kids, they're not gonna do anything. And so I remember sneaking in there and um, seeing Crabtree score in that end zone and just the crowd goes wild. I mean, every the whole stadium's going crazy. And uh, that, was, that was a really cool experience. So I think that was probably my first really vivid um, memory that I have of Texas Tech. Um, and that was something that was really cool. It was something that I always, every time they show the video of it or I see the picture like at the airport or whatever, I'm like, I was there for that. And that's, that's pretty cool. It's a piece of history. So. Yeah. How old were you then, Max? That was like 13, 14 years ago? Yeah, I, I was like probably you would have been five, five, five or six. Yeah. <laughs> I was young, but it was a great memory, so I, I remember it. Yeah. I like the Carol of the Lights, although I haven't been oh, in forever. Yes. I need to go back again. You should go this year. Yes. You're going to go oh, a year ago this yes. year. Mm -hmm. Oh, so. Oh, that would be great. I love when the horse rides yes. down the field. That was yeah. my say. favorite thing. Like it just felt like I belonged. felt like they knew who I was, and I wasn't just another you know, 200 person in their lecture hall or something like that. So I think the the smaller class sizes with my college definitely made it feel more personalized to me. Yeah. When I came to Tech, I was a single mom. So Taylor was, Taylor was with me um, some of the times and I can remember um, my uh, babysitter couldn't watch her and um, uh, I brought her with me. <laughs> start going to stroller and I put my backpack on the stroller and I rode through and I was heading to English and that was a long time ago she's 29 years old so a lot has changed since then but I remember having her in the in the in a um, I don't know if it was German because I took German and uh, with Dr. Bacon um, and then uh, or if it was if it was my English class but she was just coloring and I remember the cool. professor walked around and he she was like, I didn't even know she was here. And I said, that's exactly the point. Um, I just need to get through my 50-minute class so I can so I can say I was here, those kind of things. But I definitely had that personal experience. And as Taylor said, the I think the closer you get to your degree plan, you, you, you get relationships with those professors. You know, I've had uh, professors in a 300 lecture class that the first day, you know, they they take role just to see if anybody's dropped or not. And so they'll say, Max Zumnacker, oh, I'm here. Oh, I remember having your brother a few years back. I, I remember, you know, and so the fact that someone with that big of a class remembers, you know, the names and the faces out of it, um, feels really personal. And I lived at home my freshman year, and I remember coming home and telling my mom and dad, like, I'm amazed at how many people there are, and just, and, and how it covers so many different things that I didn't even think about were possible, like as a degree or, or an interest. And I mean, mine changed from the time I got here until I finished, um, you know, what my degree pattern was, it changed. And, and I think it had to do with the people that I met and how it just, influenced you in a good way to help finding yourself and finding what you really like. The diversity and opportunity is nice. I mean, I, I definitely came in with a whole nother 
mindset and then you realize, oh my God, there's so much more I can do with my interests. And I, I did like the, the professors, especially in, in you know, my degree plan, uh, were very open to explaining things and, and, and showing us different pathways that we can have. So. Texas Tech leaders and well, all of us, really, we talk a lot about students having a real, original, valuable experience as a student here at Texas Tech. And, you know, one where they're not just a number. And we were able to get some of that in this season, you know, how Texas Tech is really moving forward to find ways of becoming more available, more immersed with our students. And, you know, it is easier said than done. I get it. You know, you hear stories like Max saying that a professor in a lecture hall remembers his brother. And that story really took me kind of aback because there are 40,000 students on campus. And that's that's a lot, you know, and it requires a lot of people to make sure that every student feels known and heard. Um, and so stories like that, I really appreciate hearing to know that the professors, it, it requires effort, and that's what the students are getting from from the people of Texas Tech. Yeah, when you really think about it, it's pretty fantastic to see generation after generation of the same family choosing to come to the same university. You know, you could easily have children who decide to do something different just to break away from what everyone else in the family is doing. And there were probably some of those in the Wenshi family, too. But there were far more who decided that Texas Tech was worth following in the family line. One of the questions I asked the family members I talked to was whether they came out here because everyone else did. Um, and I got the most interesting answer. For some of them, the family connection was extremely important because it offered a sense of security, especially for those who were far from home for the first time. But for others, that family connection wasn't nearly as important as the fact that Texas Tech just offered the programs they wanted to study. And that's what we still see today. There are six young Wenchies preparing to come to Texas Tech in the next few years. So we know that this legacy is going to continue. I love the idea of this next generation breathing life into an existing story. Norris, who we talked about um, earlier, when he graduated from high school, the draft uh, for the Vietnam War was going on. And so in order to avoid uh, going to war, he went to college. And that decision in a lot of ways really carried on the Winchie family legacy. I didn't want to go to Vietnam, so I went to Texas Tech and enjoyed it. <laughs> and got a degree. <laughs> because that was going on at that time. I was, uh, they were drafting, so in 70, uh, 66, when I graduated from high school, they were getting Vietnam going real well and that was a chance for you to uh, either, you know, get a degree and live a little longer or, uh, you know, what happens, you know, comes later on. So it just worked out everything by the Lord's will. Didn't go to Vietnam, didn't go to the Army or anything like that, so. I chose tech. I, I wanted to be here. Um, I felt like it was a great school. My parents had an amazing um, um, time here. They met here, and that was kind of fun to walk through campus. I mean, it, we still pass by the, 
the Lutheran um, center over there, and they're like, this is where we met, and we hear the story every time, and so the stories are fun, and that, that I think that you relive that little part of your parents that you didn't get to be a part of, and, um, and then obviously we had family here, I mean, Wendy, and we saw people every Sunday, we had, we had lunches at my grandma's house, and so that's, that's how you, you just became that tight-knit family, and even though we don't see each other very often anymore, um, we pick up where we left off. So I think that was that was definitely something that I enjoyed about being home. Texas Tech was home. And I think going like from the oldest of like the next generation, being in that, growing up in that, seeing cousins every Sunday, and I mean that's just where everybody went. It's what we grew up. We've always all of us have been Red Raiders. That's what we've been around. So it just kind of was a natural like next step there wasn't ever any pressure it's just I think it and our side of the family anyways your brain just goes to like okay graduated high school I'm gonna go to tech now part of it was everybody like they've said it's just kind of a close family community that we have going to tech and um, part of that was growing up in Lubbock and so when it was my turn to you know decide where I wanted to go I looked at some other places looked at other options but tech was something that I was familiar with, so that was, that was my main reason for choosing Tech. For me, I remember it being $4 an hour. And, you know, that at that time was, if you're taking 16 hours, well, okay, that's, somebody do the math, it's not that much money. Then you add in, you add in 64. <laughs> Thousand and books and everything else. Well, then it got a little more expensive. But then, if you were out of it, it's only got me too. Out of state was $40 an hour. I was like, man, I'm not going to live out of state. You know, because $40 an hour. Well, but for us, I mean, it, it, it was, we weren't wealthy by any means, but dad, mom, and dad made it happen. I worked all through college too. I worked since I got here. Yeah, my tuition, I remember it being about 400 and. That was doable for my parents. Now, the year my brother and I were both here at the same time, that was a little number crunching. My dad was a Dallas policeman, so he just worked some overtime to get through that year. What does Texas Tech mean to each of you? For me, I mean, growing up in Lubbock, just across town, it literally is home, but uh, other than that, it's just pride. Like, I, I feel proud to be a Red Raider, to go here. A lot of people, don't give tech the credit that I think they should because it's a, it's a really great place to be, so I'm proud to be here. I think it's just home. Mm -hmm. I mean, tradition, I don't, like, like they've said, we've all had choices and it just was an easy decision to make, I think, for most of us. We just, we're, we're immersed in it from 18 months old, so it was just, I don't know, it just feels like home. Yeah, for me, it was just a no-brainer. There was, I went to community college the first year, so, because um, I really did right at first what to do. But then the second year, I was just like, I gotta go somewhere else. So, then here's Amber over here. I was like, well, okay. And my best friend from high school already down here, so. And then there's always that Sunday lunch. Mm -hmm. you know? So it, 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 was, it was more than just home. It was, it's where we came from. I think it's your roots. I mean, yeah. definitely your your roots. You grew up hearing about it and it feels good. It feels right. and. And like you said, it's you. You fight. You fight for it. You know, I, I wear the shirt because I believe in the shirt. I don't wear the shirt because you know 
don't know. I know there's so much red and black in my. Mm -hmm. We just bleed red and black. Mm -hmm. It's just what it is. Yep. So it's really apparent to me that there is really no family that represents Texas Tech's past, present, and future in the ways that this family does. They were so kind to share their story with us, um, open to the crazy ideas that we had to put them in a podcast and feature them in a magazine and uh, highlight them at a football game. Um, I think, too... It's a lesson to me to always pay attention to your email because you never know when a story is going to come in. <laughs> we all get so many emails every single day. And like I mentioned at the beginning, this was the be the end of a Tuesday. And I'm sure there was a million things that happened that day. Um, and this popped in and I was like, this seems interesting. Uh, so a lesson to all of us, pay attention to your email because you never know when the best story is, is right there waiting for you. For me... We were talking about how we want members of the Text Tech community, particularly our students and alumni, to have a real authentic experience with the university. And that was the real takeaway from this story for me, because that's exactly what I heard from Derek after the magazine came out. He was just kind of blown away that their family had reached out to us for a photo for their Guinness submission. And in response, Texas Tech embraced them the way we did not only doing a special photo shoot to create that image for them, but then connecting with more of the Wenchies to tell their story in Evermore and help them get recognized at a football game. For me, it was just, it was really wonderful to know that in the course of doing our jobs, which we're obviously passionate about, we also get to do things that matter to other people and make them feel seen and heard. <laughs> Wait, where did that come from? Our thunder. Over 75 I can't believe there's a possum. Do you like pick it up? This is cool. would happen just for 44 people graduating from Texas yeah, Tech and, and then doing all this other stuff that goes with it you go this is phenomenal Lubbock has always I mean, been home. it's always been home they've always been acceptable they all loved each other yeah, I, love I it. mean a family's family I love it so yeah cool. this is so beautiful I like it this is unbelievable to yeah. be down here yeah. And it's a good turnout, too. I love the jerseys. Yeah. And every, I mean, it's just yeah. cool. It's yeah. just so cool. We all, we all nearly look like family, don't we? Yeah, I know it. It's like, who would have thought? Uh, was that weird? Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, I was trying.
trying to find Stephanie Rhodes. I saw Bruce and gave him a hug, so I was trying to find Stephanie to give her a hug, but I couldn't find her. But yeah, it's crazy being like back on the field again. It's like a nostalgic feeling. It is. It's very nostalgic. It's fun though, like, I don't know. They were all like, I'm a little nervous to go down there. And I was like, I'm like, no, this is this is my happy place. This is like home. I was like, yeah. So much. It was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Thank you, Amber. Thank you. Thanks for coming, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us this season. This bonus episode is written and produced by me, Taylor Peters, with special help from Allison Hirth. Original music composition is by Thomas Boyd. He also edits this podcast. If you haven't already, go to our website at today.ttu.edu fearless to learn more about characters and to see content from previous seasons of Fearless. Read Glennis's story about the Winchie family in issue four of Evermore. Get your copy by visiting today.ttu.edu slash evermore. And stay tuned. We have a special reading of that story that starts right now.